podcast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. This week's a crazy week here in the colonies as they pass this government funding authorization bill. Most of it shouldn't concern you, especially those of you who live in other countries, except, of course, for those related to the stimulus for the COVID-19 crisis. But it did fund one thing, which includes the Pentagon's UAP task force. So the clock is now ticking. They have to provide their first report within six months. Now, to me, that means nothing. And I'll tell you why in a moment. But before I do that, Randall, do you have any expectations of what that's going to mean? Well, there were people who thought that it had already passed and then we weren't really sure. That was part of the Defense Intelligence Acquisitions Bill or something. So now you're saying that all of these bills passed because I think the stimulus package for the whole COVID-19 thing was that's a separate thing, isn't it? Or how, There are three bills. One is the Defense Authorization Bill. Yeah, that Trump went ahead and vetoed, but that's in the process of being overridden. There is another bill that funds general government operations combined with the bill that provides the COVID stimulus, which means $600 for most Americans, except those with a lot of money. The key here, though, is forgetting the background in terms of the politics of how it was approved. We're talking about a real deadline of late June of 2021 before they have to report. The funding bill for general government operations is approved, as okay. is the COVID-19 thing. So it's, it's all done all right. pretty much. And we accept that as a given. I'll redo this segment if I'm wrong, but I know I won't. It won't be redone. Okay, so it, Assuming everything is going yeah. as planned, what are you, okay. your impressions? you expect a real report to come out? I expect ufologists, and especially our uh, friend Stephen Bassett, was is going to be right on top of this, and a lot of people aren't going to let it go. If nothing happens, it's going to say a lot. If something happens, you know, I, I'm almost you know more afraid that if if uh, something happens, it's just going to be some watered down bit of information from their press office, like you know everything that that is to be known has already been shared. And yeah, I'm, I'm not sure that we're going to get any revelations out of it, but if they just decide no, or if it gets, uh, you know, taken out of there, that, you know, then there's going to be the people who say conspiracy, more cover-ups. You know what they can do? One of many things. One, they can say, we're still looking into it. That's our report. We're looking into it. Okay. Number two, they can provide kind of a cover up saying, well, we've evaluated some sightings and we're now evaluating more sightings and we hope to have an answer. Or we've looked into it and so far find no evidence that represents a threat to national security, which is the main concern. That above all is the concern that they're looking into. So it could be one of several things, not positive, but to make it worse, what is the penalty if they say we're not going to give you a response right now? We need six more months. We're looking into it. What do they do? 
Do they say well, we're going to deny you your funding? No, they will let them do it. Yeah, well, yeah, but people will be on it. I mean, they'll, they have to say something. They just can't let it slide. And so it should be really interesting. I also want to mention something else here. This is from one of our uh, forum posters, Farla Goulstein, who posted up in, in the forum uh, more wow signals. Uh, this comes from another article, Alien Hunters Discover Mysterious Signal from Proxima Centauri. Now, Proxima Centauri is the nearest planet or solar system to Earth. Star system probably would be the most accurate, uh, about 4.2, 4.5 light years. So even at half light speed, that's still an eight-year trip well within human lifespans to get there. This is a Definitely what they're calling a, a technological signal. And right now they're trying to confirm that it isn't something that's been made here and is coming from some super secret satellite or something. But as far as we know, this is a technological signal coming from our nearest star system. This is really interesting stuff. Our guest, Philip Kinsella, have you been following any of this, the byplay in the U.S. over disclosure and this development that Randall's mentioning? Well, Gene and Randall, thank you very much for having me on your show. I'm very honored. And a little bit, yes, but, um, you know, like you, Gene and Randall, you have your own thoughts, which is wonderful. But it's like going back to Roswell. I mean, we saw what they did then back in 1947. And I believe that, you know, they covered that up quite well. And there are pointers that may suggest that happened. But I believe that Gene is right. I believe that this may be watered down. Um, the same circus act with the media and the political arena. So, you know, what will change? I don't think, you know, disclosure will come anytime soon. Um, and certainly with regards to signals coming from another star system, it always amuses me when, you know, all of a sudden we get this burst of excitement within the scientific department saying, we think we found life and what happens? It always seems to be so far away that we can't reach it at a safe distance. And then it all goes flat again. So I think we're seeing repeated cir circles here. And I, I'm not putting a damper on anything. But once again, there obviously is a chain of command within the military establishment that is at pains to cover the subject. Uh, and I think there may be uh, very valid reasons of why that is being done. And, of course, your book, your most recent, You, the Public Deceived, the grand UFO deception uh, released earlier this year in 2020, talks a bit about that, I would imagine. Yes, um, I think really the passion and drive for the subject is, uh, you know, we all have uh, these things that happen to us, unexplained happenings. And I was one of these guys that wanted to explore the truth and reality of it. Um, I was and have always been dead against dishonesty and lies or disinformation. So I wanted to write this book to categorically show that a lot of the new cases and old cases and a few theories thrown in suggests that we are being lied to continuously by the system that we serve. And I'm not just talking about governments because the governments are mere puppets that change hands all the time. But there does appear to be a clandestine operation, a very small one that's linked with the military establishment. 
And uh, I wanted to show, for instance, give an example with regards to Roswell. Yes, it happened all the way back in 1947 and is one of the most controversial UFO cases of all time. In fact, one of the most famous. But reassessing the information and taking away a lot of the mixed reviews and interference from people long after the, uh, the explosion of this case occurred, there are two things that, are, that seem to appear to be contradictory. And one of them is that if the object that had crashed had been some secret mogul weather balloon, then why the hell weren't the military tracking it? I mean, if you had a top secret project, you wouldn't just leave it and forget about it and then get some rancher to come forward and then find fragments of it. No. And secondly, if it was that top secret, you wouldn't uh, display the remnants of this top secret material on the front page of a newspaper for all to see. So I think that the media and the military work hand in hand in orchestrating these cover-ups, and certainly with the um, UAPs that are now, as they're known, and of the developments, especially with the Navy in the recent light of the events that have occurred, you know, they will still clamp down. Every time we always seem to come around to this point where all we're going to be told and we're looking forward to it, and it really will mean a lot to those looking for that truth, many people like yourselves, and then it all deflates. Philip, we have to break here. We got more to come with Philip Kinsella and Gina Randall. You're in the Paracast. Hey, listeners, I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about after the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, the Paracast dot plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out the Paracast dot plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. The stress levels of Americans may be at an all-time high. From education to business to basic needs to politics, the 2020 pandemic-related stressors are pushing many of us to near breaking point. That's why you should consider the stress and pain-relieving products from sunny-bay.com. Like our lavender neck wraps and pads infused with premium Washington lavender buds. They relieve tension and relax with a soothing scent of lavender. And lifestyle expert Jennifer Bonner recommends products from Sunny Bay. Sunny Bay's hands-free neck wrap should be your go-to pain relief solution. Give gifts to family and friends that relieve stress and pain. Give love and care by giving the best. Give pillows, neck wraps, and body wraps from sunny-bay.com, a Biomed DB design company. Just click sunny-bay.com. That's sunny-bay.com. As Dr. Wallach says, we all have nutrient deficiencies in our diets and must supplement with 90 essential nutrients in proper balances. At no cost or obligation, 
Get a personal certified holistic health coach to help you develop a supplement program based on Dr. Wallach's recommendations. Call Linda at 833-VITAL-90. That number to call is 833-848-2590. That's 833-VITAL-90. Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA, and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to veteran nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD. Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNloans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNloans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNloans.com. That's GCNloans.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Sir Philip Kinsella, author of View, The Public Deceived the Grand UFO Deception is continuing his description about the cover-up. Let me just interrupt here, Philip, as we begin our new segment. Do you think then that the alleged silence group, like in the U.S. government, this is the group that supposedly keeps the UFO secret, really existed or still exists? Yes, absolutely. And, you know, I think it's an ongoing theme. And I've constantly asked myself, why are we so in denial? Why are we being told that UFOs don't exist, that there may indeed be life on other planets or interdimensionally, which is another subject entirely? Uh, The same with going that step further with regards to life after death, another taboo subject that is always hanging in the balance. And I wondered why it was that we weren't being told the truth. And it was only through the experiences that I've had that told me that either, one, I am lying, or two, the system that we serve is lying. I think we can pretty much vouch for who the ones are lying. I don't think that they mean to lie, but I think it's perhaps in order to protect a greater secret and something that most of the public may not fully understand. And I think a lot of this problem goes back in time. And certainly when, you know, all of us are born and are programmed to a degree to be told what reality is and what is not. And I think that's where the problem lies, because we're so deep into this illusion that this is real and this is not, that now people are starting to ask questions and waking up to the lies that we've been told. So I I am absolutely for 
the disclosure movement. I don't feel that it will happen anytime soon, but certainly the anger and the rage through the ridicule that I went through, through the media circuit, if they're turning around saying, well, they're real, then, you know, there's a lot of people, most of them have passed over now, but uh, a lot of people currently here that have a lot of questions to be answered. The thing I always wonder about, Philip, is that we've got a secret that has supposedly been kept since World War II, at least in the U.S. And you can describe your experience with regard to the U.K. and elsewhere. It has to have passed from generation to generation of military officials. How do you do that? I mean, secrets do get out eventually, and all we get are glimmers of what might be. Yes, that's right. But I think the same could be said for the rich banking families like Rockefellers and the Rothschilds and so on. These secrets are handed down from one family member to another, and certainly in some cases through initiation. But with the military, it's clear to see that there has been a major cover-up. Uh, and indeed, with NASA, as you know, the famous never a straight answer, um, a lot of the um, photographs, for instance, changing the subject slightly of not only the moon and Mars, but discrepancies that were discovered by other members of the scientific community, the people were either threatened or the um, pictures doctored. So we can see that this is a major theme throughout each cooperation, whether it be military or scientific, that is determined to keep to the official narrative that there's nothing to see here, move along. And I believe that the more people now waking up to the reality that we have been lied to, because I believe that the phenomena itself is so multi-complexed. I don't think the system will be able to convert, as it were, people to the full understanding of what may be going on. And I think this is part of the problem. Certainly with UFOs, if the military back in 1947 had admitted, yes, we have a flying disc, bodies were recovered, this may have been a game changer for everyone, but it didn't happen. And of course, we must understand that the um, case in question went to the Pentagon in, with Roswell so high up. And, you know, obviously got a lot of people talking and the cleanup operation with regards to that event was so huge and the legacy still leave, leave, lives on. So I do feel that, you know, it would be great to have that disclosure. But unfortunately, as is the case with the military establishment, whoever this small department is, they seem to be very powerful because they, they work down the chain of commands. And what would someone do if they were in command and they had a, uh, a chief? They would do as their chief tells them. Otherwise, they'll pull rank. Do you think, just being speculative, and I'll give you answers as to why, that the head of the CIA would have at least a glimmer of information about the secret? Would we assume that? It's hard to say, Gene. I, I couldn't answer that. The reason I mention that is because we have a statement very positive. I quoted it in recent Paracast newsletter from the late Rear Admiral Roscoe, Hillen Cotter, who was the first head of the CIA from 1947 to 1950. He also was a classmate of Major Donald Kehoe at Annapolis for the Navy, of course, and became a member of the board. He made positive statements and that he hoped that the truth would be revealed. Here's a guy who was head of the CIA. He didn't know. More recently, there have been somewhat positive statements about UFOs or UAPs from John Brennan who is also a head of the CIA. And the same thing, he doesn't seem to know. 
So we're suggesting here the head of the CIA doesn't know. Then we have the experience of supposedly President Clinton, who couldn't get really any significant information about Area 51 and such. President of the United States for two terms, he can't get the information. And lest we forget, and this is for everyone in other countries, the President of the United States is Commander-in-Chief of the Armed Forces. He has, in theory, access to all intelligence information. He can say, give me that. In fact, he can disclose it. He can say, okay, it's above top secret, fine, I'm disclosing it. You can't stop me, I'm president. But they never do. So we're saying the presidents don't know either. Yes, I believe that. Um, I know there was a case with Jimmy Carter who wanted to know the truth. And it was reported that he was seen in his Oval Office crying uh, when he'd been in the company of some commanders at that point. And we can see continuously through the presidency, you know, presidents only can stand for two terms at most. But I feel that they may be too much of a liability because if too many people knew about the secret, then they'd have a problem on their hands. So going back to that, that point in question with regards to the phenomena, you know, I know that it's real, you know that it's real, but our understanding of it is quite complexed. And I believe that there is a reason why the public have been denied that access, um, because I think we've gone too far into the machine of life. And, um, you know, you only have to talk about food shortage, water shortage, or, you know, petrol shortage, whatever, and everyone's out buying it all up. So we have a problem on our hands in terms of admitting to the public that we have the reality of UFOs, but we can't control them, uh, certainly within certain um, airspace, and also of what's going on on a deeper level of what we call abductions. I wanted to ask you about how you got into the field in the first place, about your personal experiences that obviously dictate how you feel about all this. Our guest, once again, is Philip Kinsella. His twin brother, Ronald, by the way, did this really, really great illustration for the book, of one of them. More to come with Gene and Randall. You're in the Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions, silverlungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs Generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs Generator and Lung Delivery System at silverlungs.com. That's silverlungs.com. I'm Dr. Ignatius Piazza, founder and director of Front Sight Firearms Training Institute and Trump'sArmy.us. Are you willing to stand with President Trump and the U.S. armed forces he commands to help defend the office of the president, the streets of America, and the U.S. Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic? Then go to Trump'sArmy.us and allow me to reward you for your patriotism as only I can. Trump'sArmy.us. We are Trump's citizen patriots. Trump'sArmy.us.
USA Radio News with Dan Naraki. A group of Republican senators will join Missouri Senator Josh Hawley in raising objections to the Electoral College vote when Congress meets to certify the presidential election on January 6th. Texas Senator Ted Cruz announced Saturday that he would lead the effort in the Senate. Representative Chuck Fleischman says he thinks the entire congressional delegation from Tennessee will join him in objecting. He tells Fox News that he will try to get his constituents answers about alleged irregularities in swing states. Fundamental to our great republic, our constitutional republic, is the sanctity of the vote. And after listening to my constituents from across the 3rd District of Tennessee and actually looking at what happened in these swing states, I've got grave concerns about the process that went on. And I'm going to voice those concerns with an objection standing with President Trump on this week. This is USA Radio News. An Iranian official issued a threat to President Trump ahead of the one-year anniversary of a drone strike that killed a top Iranian general. The country's top judicial official said on Friday that the president and anyone involved with the strike that killed General Qasim Soleimani would not be safe on Earth. Retired Air Force Lieutenant General David Deptula says the president should take that threat seriously, but within context. He tells Fox News that Iran is still going to act in Iran's best interests. Iran's still the world's leading state sponsor of terrorism, and therefore it's absolutely imperative that they not be allowed to create nuclear weapons. Bottom line is, yes, the president should take it seriously, but also it needs to be, that threat needs to be put in context, remembering that Iran is going to act in Iran's best interests. Uh, we and the president simply needs to be prepared, as he's already stated, to be able to respond to any sort of aggression um, that Iran commits against either the United States or its partners in the region. This is USA Radio News. Hi, this is Sophie Winnick, longtime distributor and user of Longevity products. In the last few years, my family went through a crisis. Everything else in my life, including my business, had to be put on the back burner. Thankfully, life is getting back to normal now. But the one thing I never had to worry about was my business and my monthly commission. I've been a distributor for Longevity for over 17 years, since before it was Longevity. And I've got to say, the most amazing thing about this company is the people. While my family was in crisis, other distributors stepped in and helped my customers simply because that's what longevity people do, even for people they don't know. For me, it has never been about getting rich. It was about a product I could stand behind, a company I could count on, and a monthly commission check that has never not once been late in 17 years. Longevity is truly a business for everyone, even people who have too much to do. I'm Sophie Winnick. I'm just like you. I have a real life, real ups and downs, but I know I will always have longevity. P. Warren, author of The Poor Man's Paranormal, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Philip Kinsella, author of You, The Public Deceived, The Grand UFO Deception. Now, we're just really seeing a lot of your information this week. Among the people, of course, you congratulate in the book was Kathleen Martin, Betty Hill's niece, yes, who was responsible for the Betty and Barney Hill UFO experience information. She's been on the Powercast a number of times. You are, sir, an abductee? Well, 
Yes. And I was very uncomfortable with suggesting that because like many people, I try and keep my feet on the uh, ground. But an experience back in 1989, the one and only so-called abduction, I say so-called because we're not sure what we're actually dealing with here. But that occurred in the winter of 1989. There may have been another one. UFOs, my brother and I have seen, and thankfully the last lot have been recorded. But yes, that, that happened in the winter of 1989. How about some details? Give us well, the major information yeah. about what happened to you. Well, we lived in the village of Master Mortain at the time, and I used to commute to work via train. And um, it was the winter. Um, I didn't really make a, a note or a register of the date or time. At that point, I didn't feel it was necessary because I was so, so thrown with the event. Um, and there was no one really to talk to during that time. But what happened basically was that I'd come back from work. Uh, there was my brother and my sister um, at home with our dog. And I have been ribbed about having the dog gene on programs, but the dog was there. We'd lived in a cul-de-sac, a, a, a close in a big house. And in the house, when you walked in, this is important to describe, there was glass all to the front of the house where the front door is, and there was a hall. And as you went straight in, my brother and I shared then a bedroom and study. It was quite big with a downstairs shower room. And then you went through to the hall, through to the kitchen, the kitchen diner. I'd walked through the, the door and walked through to the kitchen and laid back against the side so that when I was leaning back, I could see into the, the hall because the glass doors, door to the kitchen was open. And my brother was in front of me, uh, right in uh, to front of me. So he was in the dining area, but couldn't see to the hall. And my sister was to my far left. What happened was very strange. There began this uh, form of electrical discharge where it felt like the energy started to lift up. You know that static feeling you sometimes feel and it makes the hairs on your arms go up or your neck? This kind of feeling started to permit within the area. And I was a bit confused and the dog started to growl. And then my brother did something very strange. He remained stationary and frozen, lifted his head up to the ceiling. And he said these words that I'll never forget. He said, there's going to be an earthquake or grandma's going to die. Well, there was no earthquake and our grandmother was very much still alive. And as soon as that happened, I looked through to the hall and there was this bright light that started to come up through to the drive and towards the glass. And I thought, first of all, that my mother had finished work early and was driving up the driveway. But I found that the light was beginning to intensify, this white light. And the door started to move backwards and forwards as, as though it was becoming pliable. Now, one part of my mind is watching this and thinking, this is impossible. I, I can't understand what I'm seeing. But it was doing it. And all of a sudden, there was this small being, is about three foot tall, all clad in black, very strangely, very diminutive. But it had what I thought was a motorcycle helmet on its head or at least the cranium seemed bigger than the body. This came through the door. There's a, a pattern of this doors and windows thing. And as soon as it came through the door, the, the door returned to its natural state, and it ran into our study stroke bedroom. I'm standing in the hallway. My brother suddenly comes back to, to normal, and uh, my sister. And then I saw it quickly run across the hall up the stairs because the stairs was adjacent to the kitchen to my right and it disappeared and the dog was barking furiously and I grabbed a knife behind me and I shouted there's an intruder in the house 
there's an intruder in the house. And of course, at that point, when we checked the house, there was no intruder. And I remembered I broke down that night because I didn't understand what had happened. It just felt really bizarre and weird. And you know, there's another part to this that's called the abduction. The strangest thing is I can still see it as though it happened yesterday. And this is back in 1989. And what happened in the early hours of the morning, uh, the, the following morning, sorry, going into the night into the morning, was that I suddenly awoke to find myself floating apparently three feet off the ground in the hall to where this being came through on my back with my head facing towards the kitchen doors and being suspended. And I woke feeling quite confused and not sure what I was doing here. It felt like I was being pulled. I couldn't move. I was being pulled forward. I found myself going through the kitchen door, going through it and wondering, how the hell am I able to get through the kitchen door? I see the dog asleep in the corner and then I'm being pulled through to the conservatory doors and then outside where I'm lifted up. And at, the, at this moment, I'm trying to free myself from this a state of not being able to move, this uh, immobilization, as it were. But as I look up outside, as I'm swung around into an arc to bring me up, so I'm standing upwards and still floating three feet from the floor, I can see all these crafts. And I'm thinking to myself, UFOs are real. They're real. And there was one that was not moving, and it was a dark gray color. It was very high up. And as soon as I clapped eyes on it, I was taken up, or the feeling was of being lifted up very quickly. And I remembered I was so scared because I was getting closer and closer to this object, and then I blanked out. And there were two more parts that occurred to this that we're still trying to work out today, although we've put a piece of it together, at least another researcher has. At that point, I blanked, and then I remembered the next part very clearly, which I suffered for, unfortunately, within the media circuit, and something I've still been trying to work out to this day. I awoke to find myself laying or strapped to some kind of hard bed. It was quite dark. There was light in front of me. It looked like part of a corridor, but I couldn't see because I was strapped down. And I was naked, and I was very hot. Where I was was very hot. It was like being in a sauna. I remembered that when I turned my head to my right, there were three beings, tall beings, that looked, for the want of a better word, like reptilians. And I have no understanding of them, and still to this day don't, but they looked like that, and they were moving backwards and forwards, side to side, in a thicker mist. Now, the shock of waking up and finding myself somewhere where I shouldn't be, and then finding, embarrassingly, which is something the publishers retracted from my first book, and something I've suffered with, embarrassingly, there had been an implement that had been placed in the lower part of the anatomy. The horror of realizing this, because there came this throbbing sensation within the lower bowel or stomach. It felt organic, at least that's the only way I can describe it. And the horror of that, I started to scream. I, you know, I wanted it out. I couldn't understand where I was, what was going on, what these three beings were, but I felt like I was a piece of garbage. I felt like I was just a piece of meat on a slab. And the more I screamed and yelled for them to get it out of me, they just stood there. They, they didn't do anything until a small cream-colored grin. I was so shocked to see it, uh, as well as the beings, because I'd never seen anything like this before. But this small, creamy-type gray 
the ones with the almond-shaped eyes and the slit for nose, it came forward. And as it came forward, I felt the implement being retracted from the lower part of my anatomy. And I, was, I felt the straps around my arms lifting. And when I turned around, the three taller beings had gone. And this creamy gray ordered me to dress. Now, what was interesting was that it communicated through telepathy. I didn't see its mouth move. In fact, it had a very thin slit. It ordered me to dress, and I dressed and I, I was so scared, I wanted out. So the, the gray the took me forward to where that light that I saw was. And it seemed to go into a corridor. And we came to a wall, what I thought, first of all, was a wall. And um, there was dim lighting. And the gray looked at me. We've got more to come with Philip, Jean, and Randall. You're in. The Paracast. <laughs> Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream, a dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. What if you could cut your heating bills this winter with your existing wood-burning fireplace and not spend thousands doing it? You can with Great Wall of Fire Fireplace Grates. Our U.S. patented, made-in-America Wall of Fire Grates increase fireplace efficiency, eliminate fireplace smoke problems, and come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. See our grates in action and get free shipping from walloffire.com or call 800-274-7364. Fireplace heat without fireplace smoke. Walloffire.com. Do the letters IRS give you anxiety? I'm Dan Pilla. I've defended people from the IRS for more than 40 years. My book, How to Get Tax Amnesty, created the tax resolution industry and is responsible for helping hundreds of thousands of people. It can help you, too. If you're a non-filer or facing IRS enforcement right now, your case is unique. You need real help, not cookie-cutter advice. My clients get my personal attention. Buy my book at danpilla.com and get a free consultation directly with me. That's danpilla.com. Let's start solving your tax problem right now. There's so much hand sanitizer on the market, but beware, not all hand sanitizers are created equal. That's why you want to use 2020 Safe Hand Sanitizer. You can trust the hand sanitizer on 2020safe.net to be made with the highest quality ingredients, American-made, with American ingredients, employing Americans. Log on now to 2020safe.net and order your one liter today. Normally $29.99, but reduced to $19.99. So hurry while supplies last and receive a bonus. That's right. You'll receive a 30-count bottle of Immune Booster, a $39.95 value, free, by using code GCN at checkout. 
right now. Click 2020safe.net. That's 2020safe.net to get our one liter bottle of high quality hand sanitizer with your free bonus. A 30 count bottle of immune booster valued at $39.95. Remember to enter GCN at checkout and the bonus is yours free. 2020safe.net. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? $92,000. Ouch. The IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So, how did it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes, take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax manager. Hotline now, 800-503-8625. This is Leslie Kane, and I'm with the Coalition for Freedom of Information, and you are listening to the Paracast. Philip Kinsella is immersed in telling us about his abduction experience. Before you go on with the details, Philip, how old were you then? 20 years of age. Okay, go ahead, please. This is where a new application of the phenomena came to my mind some years later, but I'll continue uh, because I was very uncomfortable with, you know, the whole process of alien abduction, as it were. But the gray is standing there looking at me and wanting me to depart this wherever I am. It puts this image in my mind of this old tree. I don't know why they why that came into my mind. I have no idea. But then all of a sudden, the the wall became a door. It opened. I didn't see it. It just kind of opened. And I found that I was at a height and not that far away from where our house lay. You see, we had a very big garden. And where the conservatory was, I was shocked to see another craft, a smaller craft like a saucer that was hovering above the conservatory and this gray is looking at me telling me to get out and i'm starting to cry because i'm thinking well i've had this godforsaken horrible experience you want me to get out how do i get out the next thing i knew was that there were two grays beside me and i was ordered not to look at them and floated down towards the ground as i came down towards the ground the other two greys i assume had departed because i wasn't meant to look at them or look back but the last part of the experience was something that i also will never forget there was another gray that was standing underneath this smaller object and this gray was quite different from the one that i'd seen wherever that was people called it a ship craft whatever But this one was quite striking. This one was muscular. It wore a one-piece khaki uniform with knee-length boots. It wore this stupid hat on its head, a pointed hat. But its features were very narrow. I I can still see its chin and its black eyes. But it looked slightly more human, if I can put it that way. But it had its arms folded across its chest. And the look it was given me was, I mean my stomach felt like I was going to drop. You know that feeling you get when you're being told off by a parent? Everything seems to drop. This is the look he was giving me. And I'm looking at him thinking, who the hell are you? And I'm really angry. I want to punch him. And I called him Noddy. 
the Enid Blyton character, although he was quite different from Noddy, but I, I've nicknamed him Noddy. So I wanted to punch Noddy. I wanted to really punch him, but I couldn't move. And I thought, well, why are you looking at me like that? Why are you so angry with me? You know, he didn't communicate at all. It was just this real anger, this real malice, this look of real evil. So I thought, I need to ask this thing something. I need to ask it because people then will believe what happened. In my mind, I said, you know, how the hell am I able to get through locked and bolted doors? How is that possible? And the look that he gave me was a complete shock. His mouth went into an O shape, seeing animated plastic move is quite disconcerting, I can tell you. And then it lifted its head up very slowly to the underneath of the craft, and it started to rasp this unintelligent language that reminded me of the voice synthesizer that we had with our ZX81 back in the 80s. And at that point, I crashed, came through the conservatory glass doors and seeing him still in that pose as I'm being pulled back and then through the kitchen door through the bedroom door and then bang straight bang into my body and I woke up and had a nosebleed and immediately I had to go to the bathroom to sort myself out the day afterwards I explained everything to my brother and he got a Polaroid camera. You know those uh, those cameras that used to develop the, the um, film instantly. It took about you know a few minutes for it to develop. There were three triangular marks behind my right ear. No matter how many times we pressed the button to take the picture, it would not come out. I had intense nosebleeds to the right nostril. I have three marks on my right arm, and I found it difficult to walk. And recently. There has been discovered to a degree uh, an implement within the right ear or to the right side. So at that point, I struggled with the understanding of what happened. And I always was led to believe the abduction happened on a very physical level of reality. But there were two parts to the experience that suggested otherwise. And what was also interesting, Gene and Randall, was the fact that Another researcher called Pierre Sabac, a brilliant researcher, has gone through the abduction, although I'm not really interested in it anymore. I'm more interested in the research. But what Noddy was doing, he seemed to be replicating what my brother had done in the kitchen that night. It's almost as if he believes that the phenomena, whatever it is, was scrambling my brother's mind and that Noddy was somehow connected to my brother in this really weird, strange way. So that was the initial embarrassing part of what we call the abduction. And it's something that I'm still, still trying to work out. So much to go through there. What an incredible experience that must have been. Now, a couple of questions just off the top here. How much of your experience was consciously remembered without any, any interruption or every how much? Thing, how, yeah. Okay, so this, so this isn't every, just something. No, so, every you know what I'm going with, it, with yeah. this, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so it's yeah, hypnotic regression. So, no. so you you didn't go see somebody and they and they pulled this out of your mind no. uh, on some couch. Okay, interesting. Yeah, it was all very fresh, and you know, Randall. After all these years, it still haunts me, and there there doesn't seem to be any sense to the process involved. Um, you know, this is something that I didn't really want people to know about. It only came out within a UFO group that then contacted many years uh, uh, 
later a TV company and then got me on there. And I was so foolish to believe that they were there to help. Most of them were really nice. Don't get me wrong, because it's pre-recorded and they edit. But one of them was not. And I suffered from that. And, you know, you're being honest and upfront. And then you seem to have to justify yourself through the way that you are, through your mannerism, through your personality to other people. And I found to hell with that. I don't have to justify myself to anyone. You know, I've, I've been through an experience that I can't explain. But what was interesting was that in 1996, I had what I could never believe was at that point a download. I used to believe that people that had downloads were you know, being ridiculous. We do understand that you have your fakes and your frauds and your liars. They're normal in every walks of life. But with the download, it was about the greys. And I remembered I was at work at the time because I kept thinking over well, and, and over. I'm sorry to have to interrupt here, but uh, I, it, you go through so many uh, important issues in, in, in as you go that I'd kind of like to maybe explore them. Yeah, in, sure. Uh, maybe in a little bit more, you know, kind of one at a time. Uh, it, it, I, I certainly do really appreciate the sort of stream of consciousness flow of it as well though but you know i just it's just a show and i know that we'll run out of time and i'll go oh damn i wish i would have asked you know that question when that yes, came up i get so, caught at the moment <laughs> and first of all i i think it is uh, incredibly brave of you to come forward and to be able to talk about your experience in such an open and honest way uh, I've had experiences as well. It took me a long time to be able to tell people in an open way, despite the fact that I have been interested in UFOs for a long time and involved with investigating and researching them. So it, it's not easy. You, you can think in your own mind, oh, sure, you can accept it in your own mind. But sharing this with the general public, it's a, it's a pretty big thing. So. Yes. You know, pretty impressed with that. When you talk about this download, I mean, we could go back to, to some other issues, but let's, when you say download, we started to hear about this with uh, the Rendlesham Forest incident, like way after the fact. Can you describe what this is like to experience this as opposed to say something like a, a flash of insight where someone will just their yeah. their mind the um, the mind is a very brilliant thing and people can oh. have flashes of insight where they suddenly understand things and can put yes. something together and invent something or is this download experience markedly different than that well if i use the word download it's the only way that i can explain what it felt like although it wasn't like a you know me standing there and then waiting for the download <laughs> like a program from a computer coming in but it, it was almost as if i had the entire um answer to the greys and uh, i'm not going to go into that just here because you've asked me a uh, a question here but it, it was almost like a complete total understanding of what a certain aspect of the greys represented and it was so powerful that i literally had to grab a piece of paper and a pen because remember for many years after the incident in 1989 i kept trying to work out in my mind what was going on why it happened and back in the heyday you couldn't really speak about it to anyone or go to a doctor and tell them that you've uh, you know you've had an experience with aliens we got more to come with Philip, Gene, and Randall, you're in the Paracast. 
listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Hey listeners, I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. If you are trying to quit drinking or doing too many drugs, listen to me. You don't know me and we'll never meet. I had a problem like you once. I drank and used to party a little too much till it got out of control and almost ruined my life. I realized I needed help to fix my problem before it totally destroyed me. If you've tried to fix your drinking and drug problem and you know you can't do it alone, you need to call the National Treatment Advisors. They'll immerse you into a 30-day program to replace your old habits with new habits and totally change your life. And if you have PPO, private health insurance, the entire program may be covered. Fix your problem right now before it gets any worse. Get clean. Call now and learn more. 800-296-1252. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We have Philip Kinsella. The book is You, The Public Deceived, A Grand UFO Deception. He's talking about his abduction experiences, which he recalled, rather than had someone bring out uh, with hypnotic regression. Just one thing to throw in as you continue talking about what had happened to you and your perceptions. You ever think that what you remembered is something some entity or being fed to you and doesn't represent what really happened? That is very much a possibility, Gene. I am totally, you know, for any form of explanation. The strangest thing was that I recalled every single detail. Even even now, when I'm speaking to you guys, I can still see Noddy very, very clearly. And it was very unsettling. There is a possibility that the phenomena uh, operates on a different level of frequency, and we translate it the way that we 
try to work it out. But all I can tell you is that this is what happened and this is how it appeared to me in this present reality that we're living in. So sure, I'm, you know, I'm open to all forms of, of, of speculation and always have been. Um, I'm not one of these people that say, no, no, this is what it is because we just don't know. So well, I appreciate that. I mean, this is something that you're not alone in, first of all. Other people have had these kinds of experiences, Philip. And in uh, it was back in 19, well, the early 80s, around 1983, you've got a British ufologist there, Jenny Randalls. Oh, yes. And, and of course, she talked about what she termed the Oz factor. Yes. And this yes. is very, very much an Oz factor type of experience. That's where some UFO witnesses, they experience a sensation of being isolated or transported from the real to an odd state of consciousness in, involving changes to their perception of time and space during which strange phenomena and close encounters can occur. So this is just an absolutely fascinating case of an Oz factor type of experience. Yes, and uh, I, my brother and I spoke to Jenny Randall soon afterwards. Uh, she contacted us and we spoke to her. We've, only, we've never met her. We spoke to her for a length of time. She was interested in the fact that we, we were twins, but of course we were all special and unique. But one of the factors with the abduction, and I don't want to go too far into it at this moment in time, what may have led some, you know, some answers to the puzzle that we're seeking, and certainly in terms of an altered state of reality, um, we have to bring into the fore. Because I think for a long time, we were all believing that we were dealing with physical craft. And yes, they, they do appear physical. They're able to, uh, you know, compose themselves into our reality quite quickly as they do move out of it. But we have to understand that we may be dealing with something that operates on a completely different level of reality than our own. One of the major factors uh, with regards to most abductions, and I talk only about the greys because that's the only things that I experienced rather than the reptilians. I mean, can you imagine me going forward and saying, yes, doctor, I was abducted by reptilians and, uh, and I saw a couple of greys and along with the rest of uh, the degrading uh, incident, but it has helped me many years later because I believe that a part of people's mind opens to other concepts of reality uh, and takes us away from the centralized programming uh, that we all encounter when we come into the world. And, you know, it's interesting because looking at that reality brought into the four other aspects of us. So when people say, to me, what are aliens? What are greys? I will say to them, first of all, well, what are we? What do we represent? Because, you know, this opens up a whole nother can of worms. And this is a, a line of research that I was fascinated in and led me down that, down that path with regards to theoretical content. Yeah, definitely. Well, okay. So this is really interesting here, too, because when you were describing the way, for example, the glass tended to bend and, and everything that we would take as our material reality around us seems to flex. This really reminded me of some scenes in the movie The Matrix, if you've seen that movie. And of course, since then, there's been all kinds of talk about could we even be in such a matrix is our reality what we think it is 
And one can't help when they have an experience like what you're talking about, thinking that, well, maybe. And there are scientists and philosophers who are taking this very seriously now. So what do you think? Are, are we in some kind of simulated universe? Are, are these aliens something that are in another universe or maybe created this one for us and they come in and out of it like some kind of avatar or, you know, well, what's your thought well, on that? Well, we, we house one of the most amazing components biologically called the brain. And the brain is a, to my mind and many other people's minds, a transmitter and a receiver. Um, and, you know, I believe that uh, a process of uh, communication uh, or interaction occurs through our psyche. So this, uh, you know, this opens up a, another area of research in terms of what we are. And I believe that, you know, our journey as souls, you know, we come into this earth and we go out. But I also believe that take away all the, the religious uh, dogma, although I respect people who have them, that we come in and we go out through a birthing cycle and we carry memories from one life to another and perhaps the eternity within those memories because we're coming through the correct channel of reproduction. However, the one of the things that makes me laugh is that People say, oh, you know, I don't believe this and I don't believe that. Well, actually, belief shapes reality. And we're beginning to find that, you know, that we're not centralized within the brain. And when we die, that consciousness is completely nullified. We're finding that we are much more than just biological entities with a cell by date and that we are much more than just human. But I believe the system knows this and has tried very hard to subjugate our mental processing. So it's possible that these other interdimensionals, as it were, are able to forcibly connect themselves on some occasions with the real us, uh, taking us outside our main uh, frame of reality, as it were, okay, i.e. the okay, soul. Okay, this is... <laughs> let's, we need to just back up a little bit there. I mean, there's a whole bunch of different concepts there, and we've gotten into that quite deep on our Paracast Community Forums thread where we talk about consciousness, the nature of reality... Could there be life after death? What's an NDE? <laughs> what's possible? What's not? And so on. Um, so, uh, you, you know, I'm hearing a, a worldview that you're expressing that's based on uh, the assumption of this, the way things might be. Now, yes. at one point there, you said the system knows this. What did you mean by the system knows this? That Because I find that really interesting there. Like, what system are you talking about? Uh, this, this kind of goes back almost to the valet quote where he was talking about some kind of a control system. Or, you know, is, is it anything like that? Or what did you mean? Yes. Well, I mean, we can see throughout our past history that there has always been control and mental subjugation. In the scientific world, the educational departments, the medical centers, it carries on. And I believe that, you know, we as a human race have always been led to believe that this is our lot, that we will do as be told to do, um, to work, to toil the soil, to pay your taxes, ask no questions and die. What's interesting is that people are now asking questions, universal questions, those linking with, for instance, the UFO phenomena. What do we find? We find that we're being lied to. 
were at least deceived in understanding the reality of what's going on. So, you know, we're all of us, you, Gene, everyone uh, who are researchers, know that there is some hidden hand that is covering all of this up. Okay, okay, let's stop there. Let's stop there and do our break. (laughs) Okay. Okay, by the way, Philip will also be on after the Paracast, the premium podcast that's available exclusively to subscribers of the Paracast Plus, okay? Philip Kinsella joins us with Gene and with Randall. You're in the Paracast. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance. Stock market have you nervous with all the massive fluctuations? With the hope for a COVID vaccine on the rise, shifting political landscape, and the election at an end, it's virtually impossible to guess what will happen next. With Vantage Point, you don't have to. Text MONEY to 411411 to find out how our technology can forecast market trends up to three days in advance with incredible accuracy. Text MONEY to 411411 to get what you need to stay ahead of market trends and find explosive moves before they happen. Vantage Point's patented technology analyzes huge quantities of global data in seconds. Stop guessing. Start predicting trends 72 hours in advance. Text MONEY to 411411 and experience Vantage Point for free. Text MONEY to 411411 so you can protect and grow your capital now. Don't wait. Text MONEY to 411411. Go to vantagepointsoftware.com for terms, conditions, and privacy policy. Do you want to give you and your loved ones premium nutrition right now? Hi, I'm Jamel Bookaboo from TeamG'day.com and the GCN Longevity Health Team. Get your premium nutrition formulated by world-renowned naturopathic doctor, Dr. Joel Wallach at Wholesale, or also become a distributor and earn income while supporting this broadcast. Go to TeamG'day.com via the shopping cart or contact form, and I'll get back to you with support personally. That's TeamG'day.com with Longevity. TeamG'day.com. The old way of living with diabetes is a pain. You've got to remember to do your testing, and you always need to be sticking your fingers. The new way to live your life with diabetes is with a continuous glucose monitor. You simply apply a discreet, easy-to-use sensor on your body, and it continuously monitors your glucose levels, helping you spend more time in range and freeing you from painful finger pricks. If you test your blood sugar at least four times per day and inject insulin at least three times per day or use an insulin pump and have private insurance or medical 
Medicare, you might be eligible for a CGM with little or no cost to you. Call U.S. Medical Supply today for a free benefits check. We offer free shipping, 90-day supplies, and we bill Medicare or your insurance directly. Call now and say goodbye to finger pricks. 800-880-1896-800-880-1896-800-880-1896-800-880-1896-That's 800-880-1896. We've all seen and perhaps used the alcohol-based hand sanitizers. Have you noticed how it dries your skin and as soon as the alcohol evaporates, it's no longer effective? GCNteam.com has alcohol-free antibacterial soap and foam meeting or exceeding all requirements set forth by the United States Food and Drug Administration. Come to GCNteam.com, keyword antibacterial, or call 877-878-4203. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. With Philip, Gene, and Randall, we're here with more fascinating discussions about Philip's own experiences as a UFO abductee. Randall, you were about to say something in our previous segment. Right. Yes, Philip. Earlier in the show, you started off talking about how if other people are saying one thing and you're experiencing another thing, then it's as if someone is lying and somebody is not, and therefore you've got to reconcile the two in order to get to the truth. And this is really the essence of what's known as the Socratic method. I I don't think that we necessarily need to say that people are lying, although in some cases I'm pretty sure they do. But it may be the case that just they're uninformed or they have a different belief than you do or I do. That still leaves us with this inconsistency. It leaves us with us searching for the answer of, well, both situations can't be correct, and therefore the truth must lie somewhere in between. How do we get to it? Well, you know, this is a personal journey for myself and for many other people. And I think as an individual, it was my crusade to discover what we call the truth, although we don't know what the truth is. And quite interestingly, another gentleman asked me, what are you looking for? And I I said to them, I'm looking for the reality of UFOs and, and, you know, and the other question of, of our purpose here on this planet. And I also said that, why is it so hard for us to admit? And when you've had an experience that changes you, perhaps on a personal level more than anything, It opens up your mind to other areas of research and to a lot of other wonderful souls who have gone through kind of like similar experiences of yourself. So it is very strange, and I agree with you, you know, in terms that people have had to lie, perhaps to safeguard ourselves from that truth. We just don't know. I think, could you imagine if the truth did come out? It was more horrifying than we ever imagined. (laughs) I think that knows. Well, back at the beginning of the show, you were talking, or we were talking about how different politicians just have never come out and said what the case happens to be, despite the fact that they maybe 
ran on a platform that included that they would disclose what they knew. And something I've noticed is that, okay, I've watched them. Yes, they've said that. And then after they're elected, it's, it's as if somebody goes into into their Oval Office or wherever they have their yes. meeting and they get the private briefing and they just change. They go from being this person you thought that you knew and to to being something else almost, you know, like, yes. like an animatronic Disney character, I guess, <laughs> ex- except for maybe Obama. Like he really – he maintained his personality throughout his presidency. I think he was probably the greatest president that they've had in, in decades. Oh, yes. And uh, but I mean, still, we we got nothing. That's right. We still got a blank page. As I say so, to Philip Mantle, my mentor, Philip Mantle, we still have a blank page after yeah. all, all these years. And <laughs> so, you know, it's yes. OK, so and this is something else that, that was really interesting too. You, that you had said earlier. You, you said that they know. So meaning the powers that be. So we know that they know and they know that we know. Yeah. So everybody just, yeah. knows. <laughs> so nice so way there's, it. there's two questions there. Well, if everyone knows, why is it so controversial? And and two, why do we need the powers that be to tell us what we already know? Well, you know, is it yeah. is it just validation or what is it? I think well, I think to be honest with you, if we push that boat into very uncomfortable uh, waters, territory. Uh, I think that we may find that perhaps we we are dealing with something that goes beyond the physical. And I believe also that perhaps those higher authorities who are aware of not of all of it, but most of it, are perhaps perplexed or confused as to how to address the issue to the public. Now, one of the things that's interesting is that, you know, you either lie to tell a lie or you lie to protect someone. And and I believe that in this case, we have to be a little bit fair here. And I've stated that in the book, that it could be that we are being protected by the our higher organizations. But to some degree, you know, at least let those who are yearning to know the truth, let them in. I actually wrote to Parliament because I belong to NUFORS, the National UFO Reporting Service here in England. And Nigel Ross, uh, I call him my boss, created it. And I wrote to Parliament, and I won't say to whom, but it was explaining that we wanted to bring everything to the table, warts and all, and bring a, a group of people who are interested in Parliament. And let's openly discuss this. Let's talk about this, um, you know, to join forces so that we can work together. And you can imagine what I got back. Silence. So, <laughs> you know. Here we go again. So right. you know, yeah, uh, yeah. You, I mean, you guys again. have you guys have Nick Pope, but even recently, you know, some articles have come out that well, you know, he didn't really have that big a part. You know, he essentially was you know part of the clearinghouse for when reports came in. But uh, other than that, you know, there really wasn't much that he did, as far as we know. Yes, so, and yeah. I mean, you guys used to have Bufora. And they were yes. really good. Tell us, what's it, what is it like to be a paranormal or UFO researcher in the UK these days? Well, it's very challenging. 
I mean, for one, we we have our um, uh, researchers and authors on this side of the pond. I have a great many of them in the United States of America, of course. But here in England, we have Philip Mantle, uh, Chris Evers, Paul Sinclair, and, and many other, Malcolm Robinson, many other esteemed names here. But it is very difficult. We find that the population here are not really interested. In fact, I think, you know, if I may say this or dare say this, that a lot of people are not really bothered about it. So here we have a real upward hill struggle with regards to, you know, making this known. For instance, you know, if you do a talk on UFOs and it's been recorded like we're doing here in England, you know, you'll, you'll get attacked. Um, because people think that you're a liar or in it, the biggest one that makes me laugh is in for the money. I mean, come on, <laughs> we're <laughs> scraping the barrel here. Yeah. Um, as researchers or authors or whoever that you are, I kind of enjoy that. But, you know, people here, unfortunately, are very closed-minded. Don't get me wrong, there are a lot of people who are now already starting to question and getting involved with the uh, network systems that we have here in England. But we, unfortunately, there are many different opinions. We have to deal with the love and light and also the very negative experiences. And you have the love and light starting to be attacked by the ones who are uh, on the other side of the fence. So it's it's a bit of yeah. a battleground. And we have yeah. to try to find some form of mediocre within that. That is so. That is very much what it's like here as well. Let's do our break. We've got more to come with Philip and with Gene and with Randall. That means you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Anytime, any place, anywhere, radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. Do you feel like many of us? All the distractions in the world taking our minds and focus off what really needs to get done day to day? Well, Jeunesse has a dietary supplement called Mind to help with mental distraction and it supports memory function. Go to GCNLife.com now to check it out. You're only at your best when your mind is at its best. Go to GCNLife.com or call toll free 844-443-6637. That's GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. USA Radio News with Dan Naraki. A group of Republican senators will join Missouri Senator Josh Hawley in raising objections to the Electoral College vote when Congress meets to certify the presidential election on January 6th. Texas Senator Ted Cruz announced Saturday that he would lead the effort in the Senate. Representative Chuck Fleischman says he thinks the entire congressional delegation from Tennessee will join him in objecting. He tells Fox News that he will try to get his constituents answers about alleged irregularities in swing states. Fundamental to our great republic, our constitutional republic, is the sanctity of the vote. 
And after listening to my constituents from across the 3rd District of Tennessee and actually looking at what happened in these swing states, I've got grave concerns about the process that went on. And I'm going to vote those concerns with an objection standing with President Trump on this week. This is USA Radio News. Funeral services for Congressman-elect Luke Letlow were held Saturday in Louisiana, a day before he was set to be sworn in to the House of Representatives. Letlow died Tuesday of complications of COVID-19. He was eulogized by the man whose seat he would have taken. Letlow served as Chief of Staff for Representative Ralph Abraham, who told mourners that Letlow's example of service is something to be emulated. You know, I see many young people out here hopefully aspiring to be the people's servants. And it matters that you care, and it matters that you act, and it matters that you do things with your life that have purpose and that have meaning, and you do it with character, and you do it with honor. That's what Luke did, and that's what we need to do to try to emulate him. Letlow is survived by his wife, Julia, and their two young children. He was 41. This is USA Radio News. Now with orders to stay at home, public health concerns, the reality of illness due to pathogens and viruses. Your health is at an all-time high risk. That's why it's critical to take a proactive approach to boost your immune system. You can with new nano-colloidal silver from AmeriCare. Our patented process with tiny silver particles, one one-hundredth the size of a red blood cell, allows for maximum body absorption. AmeriCare's nano-colloidal silver effectively disinfects your body internally, attacking pathogens and viruses while supercharging your immune system. Colloidal silver is antibacterial and antiviral. Simply put, it prohibits bacterial respiration, suffocating viral cells, preventing the virus from replicating. And now, due to public health concern, AmeriCare is authorized to offer our lowest and best price ever, around a dollar a day. But supplies are limited. Purchase nano-colloidal silver now at immunesupportnow.com. That's immunesupportnow.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Supplies are limited. Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So we progress talking here about attitudes towards UFOs. Here in the states, in the colonies, whatever you want to call them, I think for the most part, even people who say positive things in the polls, UFOs are just entertainment. Oh, we'll watch the UFO show, we'll watch the ghost show. But unless they've had an experience, particularly a significant experience, it's just something to watch. They've got other things on their mind. Yes, that's absolutely correct. Yes, I agree. And it has, unfortunately, within the media departments become a circus. I do believe, however, that a lot of good researchers and investigators, you know, such as yourselves and many others, are now doing their own programs to try to bring more information to the fore. And I think, but the mainstream media, unfortunately, are still dancing to the tune of their masters because we know that a lot of the network larger network systems are controlled by higher echelons who will tell them what should be shown and what shouldn't and of course as we know like with any media machine it's used to uh, convince the masses of what 
is being promoted on the screen or information as the truth. A very simple example, AOL, for instance, you can see most of the stuff that goes on there is, you know, most people believe it. And you, at least we can step back and say, well, that's not quite right. So this uh, centralized theme of control within the media still occurs. But I think we're getting to a stage now where it feels to me as though more people now are questioning, more people are coming forward and saying, hang on a minute, there's something wrong. And I think this is why we've got a huge surge in the interest in not just the UFO subject, but the other controversial areas of, of research as well. Interesting. Uh, by the way, I'm not sure if you're aware of it over there, but we had a movie come out earlier in the year, The Phenomenon by James Fox. Oh, yes. And I'm not sure if you've seen it yet, but uh, it's really getting excellent reviews from the ufology community. Have you seen it yet yourself yet? No, I haven't. I am yet. I have yet to see it. I've got a barrage of stuff that I have yet to catch up with and to watch, time permitted, because um, I'm working on another, another project at the moment. But I shall watch that. I've heard a lot of great reviews from it, and um, uh, a lot of good ufologists and researchers have spoken about it. You know, so it, it looks fascinating, yeah. In your book, I'd like to ask a couple of questions, just uh, looking here at your table of contents. And, of course, your book's... You've got a number of them, and we'll get into some of those as well during the course of the show and uh, as we continue into after the Paracast. But I'm looking at Chapter 9, Paul Sinclair and the Bempton Paradox. What is the Bempton Paradox? And Paul Sinclair is, uh, is an author of Truth proof books, wonderful books. He's a brilliant researcher, and Bempton is an area which is very much filtered with paranormal activity and he and a team of people go out there and they investigate and they've been picking up these uh, orbs lights ufo activity and also other strange phenomena uh, creatures as well that have been caught and seen on camera and so he's been investigating that area for quite some time now and that is what that chapter is about is about paul and his research and his books and also of his findings and we also find that the orbs the lights that are seen are quite common and that is something that interests us greatly i mean you have the great dr irena scott over there she's a good friend she's a lovely lady who also is interested in the light, the colors of light, because light carries information. And we also find that this phenomena that operates on this principle of lights is able to overpower its, the individual in its presence more times than not and morph itself, obviously, into our reality through this said light. That is what that chapter is all about with regards to Bempton, and Paul Sinclair's research with Andy Ramsden and Bob Brown and Chris Turner, who is also a documentary maker. Don't mention the reptilians. He's working on a new documentary. <laughs> yes, yes, I know. Oh, but he's boy. working and, they, and he's, a, he's a documentarist here, brilliant man. And he's been filming, working with Paul Sinclair for quite some time now to try and find this truth, as it were. But it is elusive. Uh, we all know that it, it's very elusive. It's almost like chasing shadows, um, which is very interesting. Indeed. Actually, that reminds me of, I'm just re-watching the Babylon 5 uh, saga. Oh, yeah. And, of course, they have the shadows in, uh, in that, which are some kind of aliens that are able to 
make themselves invisible. They have some sort of active camouflage. And and this is something I'd just like to throw in there. I mean, you're speaking sort of from a side where, well, maybe, you know, it's a different kind of reality. And I know Jacques Vallée was thinking along these lines as well because of the various ways that UFOs manifest themselves, disappear, disappear slowly, Mm. morph, change shapes, seem to come in and out of our reality. I started thinking, well, what if it's just active camouflage? Why do we need to invoke like this sort of uh, spiritual, supernatural thing when if they're able to change what they look like to us and and we're developing things like this ourselves now through the use of types of screens and projected images and stuff and if they so if they've got some sort of invisibility cloak or if they do they probably got the not only just the ability to make themselves invisible but to, but to make themselves look like whatever they want and so yes. they, they could pull off all of this stuff purely technologically, and then we don't really need to sort of invoke all of this other sort of mystical kind of explanation. Yes, that is interesting. And I was just going to say there also that with regards to the greys uh, themselves, they appear like specters. And certainly they have, or the phenomena has evolved from times of old. I was very privileged to have met personally Dr. Jack Vallee in Arizona when I went to a conference uh, some years ago there. I was very honored. But one of the things that we are discovering is that the aliens, as we call them, have upped their program. And I think the abduction uh, phenomena, whereas in the past, uh, it was on a very personal level where, you know, in more cases than not, and the, uh, the genuine cases where they would land and the occupants would come out. I think because the world has become so overpopulated and we all have access to cameras or some kind of equipment, that these so-called greys have upped their program and instigated their um, abduction you know, the way that they abduct someone on a completely different level of reality, which is like basically taking you at night, taking you through the wars and doors, and then taking you back with uh, scrambled memories. And and I think there's a process of why that happens. But certainly I agree with you, you know, you know, UFOs are now caught on infrared. So it seems that the phenomena always is one step ahead. As we progress, so do they. And it's almost as if they have an awareness of that, on some deep, deeper level of whatever consciousness they operate on. Definitely. I agree with you there. Most definitely. Could, that's a very good point. That's a very good observation as, as well. And it's one that a number of ufologists share because it yeah. seems as, as, as when they've manifested themselves to us over the centuries, they haven't always manifested themselves to us as your modern-day mothership or triangle. I mean, yes, saucers and spheres have been described. They've been described as flying shields, for mm. example. So, you know, maybe in those days, okay, so it, a, a round shield is like a disc. It's like a saucer. Mm. It's, it's very similar. But in other cases, they've looked like s- sort of strange, almost uh, antique contraptions. And yes. So it, it's, as, it's as if they're saying... Well, you know, we we we've got to come out of our cloaking field here somehow, or you know, we, we're turn it up, turn you know, maybe just like how, what are we going to appear as to these people? So they kind of pick the closest thing that they've got to what we might have at the time to 
that fits with what we know so that we don't think it's too weird. Before we get too weird, folks, we have Philip Kinsella, Gene Steinberg, Jay Randall Murphy. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on this special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Now, there is Reveal. Beverly Hills celebrity dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman took nearly a decade to develop Reveal from natural botanicals to return to a full-body head of hair. Reveal for men and women with a 30-day money-back guarantee at GCNLife.com or toll-free 844-443-6637. 844-443-6637. Reveal at GCNLife.com. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. SilverLungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs Generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs Generator and Lung Delivery System at SilverLungs.com. That's SilverLungs.com. Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Introducing Reveal from GCNLife.com. Beverly Hills dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman invented Reveal, which contains polypeptides with natural botanicals and no parabens, sulfates, silicones, or dyes for a salon-quality hair growth product. Reveal. Here's Dr. Newman. I have treated a lot of patients who lose their hair and they lose their confidence. We've created a unique set of polypeptides, which we call HPT6. The HPT6 contains the polypeptides from six different plants. The scalp infusion treatment should be used on wet or dry scalp. The Reveal hair care system is designed to be used for men and women alike. Get Reveal at GCNLife.com with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So try Reveal today at GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Plus a discount up to 25% off for Reveal at GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Attention real estate investors, do you need cash immediately? If you own one or multiple rental properties, you can use your equity to get cash out fast. The best part is we don't need tax returns or even a good credit score. At America's Loan Source, we are not a bank and we don't have bank rules. We make the decisions to loan you money and there's no limit how much we can give you. 
Some clients have gotten as much as $500,000 or more within days. Use the money any way you want. If you own one rental property or a hundred and COVID has left you in a cash crunch, we can help you turn your equity into fast cash. Call now for details and close in as little as 10 days and get the cash you need. 800-507-6553. 800-507-6553. That's 800-507-6553. This is Micah Hanks of the Gray Alien Report, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Yes, before we get too weird, I almost wonder here, since we're doing it, whether we can talk about the possibility here that what we see is something that we are self-generating a little bit. We have the phenomenon, but we have to do something to interpret it. It's not necessarily they who are influencing us to interpret it a certain way. We are taking what's there and saying it's got to be this. Well, yes, I agree. But, you know, the way that I've looked at this in my own personal investigations, as it were, was if we look at it, the abduction phenomena seems to mirror the uh, near-death experience. When someone has what they call an NDE way, i.e. they clinically die and go down a tunnel or whatever and communicate with their loved ones or, uh, you know, masters, the world to them is as real. They translate it as very real and more real than the world they left behind. And certainly when they return from their NDE, they are changed, they're transformed in more times than not. Now, with an abduction, the process of, you know, going through walls and doors, seeing these beings that communicate telepathically, the experience is as real to the uh, abductee uh, as the world they left behind again. And I believe what's happening possibly is that uh, the real essence of what we represent is being brought into their filled frequency of awareness so that they uh, can attach or link themselves to you and interact with you on a physical level, much the same as a person who dies and, uh, you know, is in a real world. So I think the way that we translate that is quite difficult to uh, determine because we can only speak from what we experience. But I do agree that it happens or the phenomena seems to integrate on a very personal level. There are patterns that indicate what an abduction is. There are patterns that indicate what a near-death experience is. But the overall experience is unique to the experiencer. So I think the way that we translate this information is very important. I've heard these uh, stories about that we could be the aliens, that they are us. So I don't discount that. Um, But at the same token, what's interesting is that a lot of people are reporting certain parts to the experience that match other people's, yet I've always said that it is and acts on and integrates on a personal level with you and them, and they seem to go out. How we tend to frame that here is, uh, in in a sentence, is, is we say that the phenomenon tends to mirror the worldview of the experiencer. Yes, that's correct. Absolutely. Yes, I agree with you there. But, you know, it was it's something that is fascinating and trying to get to the meat of it is interesting. Well, how do we do that? 
what I'm hearing, and, and I know that there's going to be listeners that are going to be going, Randall, come on, you know, like, like let, let's get right down into this and, and dig into it. What I'm hearing are two different versions of reality, and they're not the same. There's a, there is an objective reality where things exist out there in the universe that aren't us. And then there's our subjective reality, which is our perceptions of the world that is out there and yes. whatever else it happens to be. So, so I think that people who get the two confused sometimes think that they're both the same. So, for example, in alien abductions and the comparison with NDEs, yes, there's some perceptual things that are the same, but there's one really important difference. And that is when someone's abducted, when you go to their room, they're not there anymore. But when somebody has an NDE on the operating table, it's their body's still there. You know, they don't disappear. Yes. Yeah. So, Um, So we've got two, two sort of similarly subjective experiences going on, but with one really important difference. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. But, you know, one of the things that we have to look at with the abduction phenomenon and going into a little bit of the meat of that is what the greys are and why they're doing what they're doing. And this is something that I wanted to explore on a personal level. Let's do that. And, Let me, yeah. Because everybody's asking that question. Why? What are they doing this for? So let's explore some of the reasons that you think that they've come here and are interacting with us in this very theatrical manner. Yes, that's right. And one of the main things that we have to look at, one of the questions that we have to ask is, first of all, what are the greys and why are they interested in us? And why are they primarily interested in reproduction? I'm sure that you are very much aware of the so-called hybridization program uh, Dr. David Jacobs and other research, eminent researchers have been exploring this. And the puzzling question is, why would a species that cannot reproduce suddenly be interested in reproduction through this form of hybridization program, creating a new genus? We've interviewed Dr. Jacobs several times on the show. He's very polarizing, at least in this country, what he has to say. And... This was when we were with our previous co-host, Christopher O'Brien. And Chris and I were both very concerned about the careless manner in which Dr. Jacobs administered his hypnotic regressions to determine whether somebody had been abducted. So, for example, one of the key considerations a therapist will say is don't ask leading questions because you may manipulate the yeah. mind of the percipient, the abductee, into seeing things or imagining things that aren't there. And Dr. Jacobs said, and this is a very telltale comment, there are no leading questions. So regardless of the nature of whether a hybrid race is being created, I have lots of problems with David Jacobs. 
Yes, and I respect that. But at the same token, we may be looking at this completely wrong way. I mean, this called into question the survival of the soul or the human soul and the journey of the human soul. The greys seem to appear as a blank canvas. They don't appear to understand about love, of empathy, of taste, of smell, of time. They seem so far removed from what we represent. Now, there is the conjecture that if I cloned you, Gene or Randall, if I cloned you in a laboratory and I created, let's say, 10 copies of you. Well, if you create 10 copy. copies of me, the f- entire program will <laughs> blow up. It will explode. It will melt down into sawdust. <laughs> It would melt Let somebody's it, brain. Oh, <laughs> it's going to sure. melt mine in a moment. But anyway. Oh, but, but carry on with, with your analogy or, or what you're explaining here, because I, I like where you're going with it, and I think we need to delve into this a little further. Yeah, I mean, it's only a theory, and of course, most theories are rejected or attacked, but we have to look outside the box. As I said before, the greys appear to be a blank canvas. They have no personality, and they're interested in a species that has all of these attributes that they somehow want or they need. So it's possible that if I cloned you in a laboratory, literally cloned you, when you die, theoretically speaking, your soul will return back to source with its inherent memories of perhaps past, present and future. But your clones will only have the memory of one single life, one single imprint. It won't be able to go forward or backwards at all. And we can theorize that perhaps on a, you know, on a larger level of speculation that when the clones die, that they cannot return back to source to where you've gone. Now, let's speculate that the greys have cloned themselves to the point where they don't understand their own identity. They can't go back to a heaven or whatever people want to call it, the continuation of creation or the process of that. So they're interested in in hybridization or creating a new being. My idea is that they bring the actual soul of the person into their filled frequency of awareness so that they are matched by the density and can connect with that individual. Remember, the greys seem to be very powerful. They can override the mind. They're very good at mind reading, but they're very weak in nature. And also the fact that maybe when the experiencer or abductee is brought back, the reason that they can't remember the experience is because they have been taken out of their normal time frame or processing of time. The same with an NDE who has no awareness of time, the same with an abduction. So it's possible to speculate that the greys that have cloned themselves with that spark of single awareness are interested in some form of incubation to use a, another form or a genus or a hybrid in order to interlink with and develop. Because most of the mothers that we reported are taken back to the vessel to bond or show love to the hybrid. We've got more to come with Philip Sheen and Randall here in the Paracast. <laughs> listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. 
But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? $92,000. Ouch. The IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So, how'd it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes, take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax management hotline now 800-503-8625-800-503-8625-800-503-8625 welcome back to the paracast the gold standard of paranormal radio and now here's gene steinberg This has really been a fun day. Listeners know that I have a studio in my home office. And as we do this, they are busy fixing the ceiling where we have a water leak. Isn't that fun? This is, of course, a great way to celebrate the end of 2020 and the start of the new year. I interrupted you, Philip, in a fascinating trend of discussion. Go ahead, please. Yes. With regards to the, uh, the abduction, there are several facets that we need to explore and uncomfortable territory, of course, when you are trying to interlink a soul part or, you know, some kind of harvesting of a new genus. But the greys seem to be interested in what we represent. It's almost as if they want to have emotions, feelings, empathy, love, taste, these attributes that we ourselves have. And remember also, they come in and go out very quickly like specters. Um, they're able to infiltrate, you know, solid material and take the person through that solid material as well. Let's let's just hang on there for a second before we move into because we've got we're moving from the idea of souls and hybridization to somehow the physics of moving through solid objects. And I'd I'd like to stick. They may, they may be related, but I'd like to stick to the first part just for the moment because I think you're on to something. Now, I might not put it into the same terms as you do but yeah yeah if you're interested in how we've been talking about it to some degree especially in our forums let's just say we instead of using the word soul 
We substitute it for the word consciousness. Yes. Okay. We, I think we'll be more comfortable with consciousness. I, right. I've always, I've always stated that in my other works that you know it's it's not so much soul, it's consciousness because that's the surviving factor that appears to be able to transcend both space and time, not only in an abduction, but also in experiments of remote viewing, astral travel, and so on and so forth. Or, or, so let, or okay, so I'm trying to demystify it to some extent here. So, <laughs> so the rest of that are kind of like their, their ideas about what that could mean and maybe what having a consciousness could mean. Yes. But on the most fundamental level, if if we try not to to bring in all of those other beliefs that have been programmed into people or whatever it happens to be. We know we are beings with a consciousness. We know what it's like to be in the world and to experience all of the things that you were mentioning, their various emotions, the, the sensations that we have in life. Whether there is an afterlife or a spiritual world or all of the rest of it really is or at least could be completely beside the point, because if you can imagine a being, say an artificial intelligence, we don't know that it has any consciousness at all. It could be very smart. It could be able to work out all kinds of problems, but have no idea what it's like to be in the world. And so you may be right in it fits the picture or the model that if these aliens are some kind of intelligence that lacks consciousness, they wouldn't have any idea what we're talking about when we describe what it's like to experience the world around us. And the yes. only way for them to be able to explore that is through our behavior. Mm. So that's why they do all these weird theatrical things to us that include maybe pain, fear, and a whole bunch of other things just to see, well, what is this extra thing that they're talking about that they seem to have that we don't have? And how do we get it? And correct. And then they go, OK, it must be in their biology somehow. It must be in their genetics. It must be when they're made. They they grow their brains work in, a, in such a way that this phenomenon we call consciousness emerges from it. But it, that doesn't happen with them. Theirs just don't work that way. So they want it, just like you were saying. So there's there's the same, in other words, it's the same motivation, but maybe it has a different sort of background in terms of all the mysticism and that goes along with it. Yes, that's right. And I think that, you know, when we look back in our life, sometimes we want to return back to a good memory or a time when we were very healthy and young and full of vigor. It is conceivable also to assume with regards to the greys that they may even be able to project themselves in this bodysuit, as it were, and, and transverse their limited awareness of consciousness through to this dimension of reality. It is very interesting to speculate. And as I've always stated before, I am open to all forms of speculation. And many of them we have to look at. We can't always agree on everything. But one of the main factors which interested me was that the Greys demand that their modus operandi is kept secret. Someone once told me it's because they, you know, there's some universal code where they're not allowed to get involved. But I'm afraid the Greys have, because if there is a code, they've broken it. Right. So, like the 
the Star Trek Prime Directive yeah. or something. Yeah, and uh, you know, Gene Roddenberry, for instance. I mean, the brilliant Gene Roddenberry was a guy who actually used to sit in circle with mediums, and someone said, "Where do you think he got most of his ideas from?" <laughs> so you know, we 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 understand that we get into very deep and very uncomfortable waters because you know most people want to have the romanticized version that UFOs come from another planet, and I'm not disputing that. I'm sure there are with other beings, but the greys have always fascinated me. And I think, you know, there is a certain element of fear about them. Now, if they did want to project themselves in a love and light situation, I believe that they could do that, but they don't want to. They want us to see them as they are in in terms of they or them. Well, it's okay. interesting. This, this brings up uh, another chapter in your book, then. You, the public deceived, the grand UFO deception. That is chapter 13, A Darker Shade of Grey. Yes, I, I, I just thought that the chapter heading would uh, would put a smile across many a reader's face if they understood. That so, would be yes. taking it to the next level, that's for sure. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. And I think I've taken myself beyond that level. I'd better <laughs> sign myself in somewhere and get some help. You're talking about how, well, yeah, they're not necessarily, you know, you're all ever, you know, beloved space mm-hmm. brothers who are here to, uh, you know, to solve all the world's problems. They're, no. they're, they are, they're, there is a darker shade of gray going on here. Yes. Yeah. And I think they're working towards their own agenda as we humans or most humans do anyway. But it's imperative that they come in and go out with little or no fuss, yet I believe that they're not able to retract all of the memories from the individual that they've abducted. And I think sometimes they try to scramble those memories. So we're looking at something that tells us that from our human perspective, we see as negative. Now, they may see it in a completely different way. But one of the other things we have to determine here is that the greys lie to their abductees, you know, they show them visions of destruction, whether or not this is to get some form of emotional response that they feed from, we don't know, or or trying to understand, they're able to access memories, they can even bring the, the abductees' dead relatives on board. They are magicians of the mind, they're able to penetrate consciousness very easily, or draw out images from the person's mind. More times than not, the abductee does not understand anything of what's going on. And we understand also that the greys are able to communicate through the eyes, or they seem to arrest their subject through the eyes. So they are magicians of the mind, although they come along across as spindly in nature, and still confuses every single researcher on this planet. Are they physical? Are they not? Are they interdimensional? Are they us from the future? Are they remote viewers? We just don't know. But we have to speculate as to why, you know, a lot of the greys, you know, come across as prosaic in nature and have very little regard for their subjects. In fact, you know, the subjects are normally terrified. So I believe that we are perhaps not seeing the greys in their true form, as it were, because most people assume that they come across more mechanical in nature or robotic. That could also be attributed to the fact of the lack of the emotions that they display. We've got Philip Kinsella. The book is you, the public deceived, the grand UFO deception. More to come with Gene and Randall. You're in the Paracast. (laughs) 
Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Attention business owners, body slammed by overwhelming debt. If your business is in trouble, hassled by creditors, if you're frustrated, finally fed up with big business bailouts while your business has been left for dead, please listen close. There's a brand new fast track bankruptcy. Some have even called it the biggest small business bailout in American history. Designed for individuals and their businesses. And look, almost no one knows about this yet. My attorney wasn't even aware of it. The truth is, beating the system has never been easy because it's rigged in a sense against the little guy. But here's the jaw-dropping news nobody's talking about. They've literally just changed the system so that you can beat it. But only if you understand how the new game has to be played. Find out if you qualify at pocketsoflight.com. This government-backed small business repair program is still legal, but may not be renewed after the election. Fight back fairly. Fight back ethically at PocketsOfLight.com. Have you ever thought about turning your Glock, XD family, or 1911 handgun into a semi-automatic carbine? It only takes about 30 seconds. The MacTech Carbine Upper is classified as an accessory and can be delivered right to your doorstep with no FFL or background check required. It's the world's most versatile pistol accessory. Build your custom upper today. Simply go to handgunconversion.com. That's handgunconversion.com. For over 20 years now, Extendivite has proven time and again it really works. Here is a testimonial from Amazon.com. I received an arterial switch at birth. In my mid-twenties, I started getting slight runs of NSVT. Nothing too serious, but enough to cause worry. I started taking Extendivite a little over two years ago, and it helped cut the palpitations and NSVT down drastically. This isn't a cure-all supplement. I strongly recommend a good diet and exercise to aid in any heart troubles you may be having. And I strongly recommend giving Extendivite a try. Extendivite is only $69.95 for a two-month supply. To order, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. That's H-E-A-R-T-D-R-O-P.com. Extend your life with Extendivite. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I started fighting the IRS over 40 years ago when they tried to seize my mother's house. I sued the IRS and won. I beat the IRS then, and I've been beating them ever since. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I've helped thousands of people deal with tax problems they thought might never be solved. I can help you too. If you owe taxes you can't pay, don't wait another day. There's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com. 
danpilla.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Philip, I'm interested here in trying to interpret the possible motives of grace. As a practical matter, it was simply just wanting to take our genetic samples, whatever. It could be done in an an entirely painless way. We'd barely notice it. But putting us through this rigmarole, putting us through this terrifying experience, that doesn't pass from a logical standpoint. Why do they need to do that? If they're so advanced, that they're coming here from somewhere, way, way far away, why engage in these primitive tactics? What's the point? Well, well, it could be like when someone is going in for an operation, the patient is normally put out and knows nothing about it. But it appears that the greys need to interact on a mental or conscious level with the recipient. I think this is perhaps one way that they're able to connect mind to mind. I think if they performed the operation where the subject was completely out of it and didn't recall anything that the greys would have no response from that individual whatsoever. So it appears that they, the greys I mean, need their subject to be in some form of conscious awareness at least while they're performing this mind scanning or mind roaming experimentation. The other puzzling aspect is the DNA and it feels to me on like with many other researchers that they need something from us but we understand that this be this has been going on for a very very long time and we wonder whether or not the greys or have completed their their modus operandi i don't think that they have this is the most puzzling aspect that we have to look at they're still doing it either there's a lot of greys <laughs> that have lost themselves to cloning or through some form of uh, catalysm, we don't know. Uh, But it is very interesting speculation indeed there. But I feel that they need the recipient to be within some form of conscious awareness so that they can interact with them. At least that's my understanding of it. I may be very wrong there, but that's the way I see it. That seems to be a very valid observation. And it fits with the idea that in order for them to try to get a grip on what we call and take for granted consciousness, that they would need us to be in a conscious state while they're doing their mind probes. For them, maybe when they do a mind probe while they're doing these experiments on us, all they're getting is images. They're getting visual inputs that is maybe no different than a slideshow or a film or a movie on a screen. It has no conscious meaning to them. It's just images that are devoid. And, And there does seem to be a very indifferent attitude on their part as well as it's very clinical. It's, it's not that they're showing much surprise. No, I haven't heard many stories where, except for in the case of the ones that are very human-like, the ones that are indistinguishable from humans. Yes, well, you know, if we think but, about it. But the greys don't. They, Like you say, they're, they're this bl- blank slate. They're, they're, they're almost robotic. 
Yes, and there there is another area to this that we can explore, perhaps. I mean, you know, you think about yourself and uh, the memories uh, that you've accumulated, the feelings, the emotions, the impressions, the desires, the passions, the drives. These are things that drive you. Also, when we think about going a little bit deeper into the waters here with our creation or our genus as a human species, did we ourselves start off as a blank canvas? We don't know. It could be also that the greys perhaps are building themselves through us or evolving through us. We just don't know. But one of the fascinating things is, is that gray, the greys themselves do appear to be very interested in what makes us tick. They've said to other abductees, certainly not to me, because there was hardly any form of communication whatsoever, but they have said that we are their containers, that we belong to them. And that is a very interesting speculation. We can only surmise as to that, what that means. But certainly containers we are, because we are containers for experience. We come into the world and then we go out. And my understanding, or my thoughts on that, is that the real you, the consciousness of you, transcends space-time and returns back to source or wherever to continue its journey through this process of creation. But I think perhaps the greys themselves have so far removed from creation that they want back in. And that is only speculation, of course. We can only assume. And we really have nothing to go on bar from what people have experienced. But at least we feel, however, that the greys are so far removed from us, it's frightening. Yeah, I mean, for us, we just take consciousness for granted. What it's like to be in the world for us when we open our eyes in the morning and we go about our daily business, we operate on that level. Yeah. And I'm not sure that we can even imagine what it would be like for beings that don't experience the world around them to be able to operate. I mean, we know that it could be possible because we could, say, build a robot that is able to move around in the world and solve problems and even evaluate whether a picture you know, happens to, to be similar enough to another picture. But that doesn't mean it has any image in its mind about what that picture actually looks like the way yes. that we do. It, it, yes. it, and so it could be something completely foreign to us and yet that doesn't mean that they're not intelligent they they must know that we have this extra thing going on but oh yes yes but, absolutely but how can they access it and so this really makes a lot of sense what you're saying i think we're just kind of interpreting it in two different kind of cultural backgrounds i'm trying to keep it a little more neuroscience <laughs> yes. you're you're going into i'm up with the fairies creation and, yeah and, and, but but essentially we're looking we're looking at the same you know source of light Yes, that's right. And it's something the greys seem to have lost, or at least we assume that. The other thing is, uh, we just have to look at the uh, other uh, cases, Betty and Barney Hill, very briefly. Betty was shown a map, and she recalled the map through hypnosis. Uh, the greys there came from the planet Zeta Reticuli. I doubt very much they traveled all that way just to, you know, interact with a, a lovely, wonderful married couple and then go back home again. I feel that this whole program of the greys, if I may use that word lightly, they know how to play with people's minds. It's quite sinister, really, the way that they um, toy with people. This Sorry for breaking in there again, but this brings us to uh, Chapter 5, The Sinister Side to the Saucers. 
Yes, that's right. Sorry. That's a fine example of alliteration for you. The sinister, <laughs> si- the sinister side to the saucers or two saucers. Now, so yeah. Tell us a little bit about that then. Well, you know, in a vast majority of the cases that we've examined and explored tells us most definitely that, you know, again, I have to be very careful without disrupting the love and light part. I'm not saying that that doesn't happen. But a lot of the cases, especially with abductions, does seem to fare quite unwell with many of the people that have gone through them, although the person um, seems to transform uh, within their thinking, within their beliefs, within their the structures of their life. Let us break here. we got more to Philip, Gene, and Randall. You're in. The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. You've been hearing Dr. Wallach talking about 90 essential nutrients, keeping the body healthy. GCNteam.com now has Beyond Tangy Tangerine tablets, 60 plant-derived minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, packed in a powerful tablet. But that's not it. 160,000 auric points, a knockout punch to free radicals. Call 877-878-4203 or go to GCNteam.com. That's 877-878-4203. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right. We cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. USA Radio News with Dan Naraki. A group of Republican senators say they will call for an electoral commission next week when Congress meets to certify the Electoral College vote. The group, led by Texas Senator Ted Cruz, intends to challenge the electoral vote count and call for the creation of a commission to perform a 10-day audit into the results of the presidential election to answer questions of alleged fraud. Senator James Lankford of Oklahoma is one of the senators who intend on challenging the election results come January 6th. He tells Fox News how that electoral commission would come together. We've asked a very simple question. Can we put together an electoral commission, uh, have five senators, five House members, five members of the Supreme Court? This is exactly how it was set up in eight. 1976 when there was three states that had all kinds of fraud issues and uh, and so the election commission was set up at that time in 1876 just like this to be able to study it look at it make recommendations we think that's a good plan this is usa radio news a group of republican senators say they will challenge the results of the electoral college vote when congress meets on january 6th to certify that vote texas senator ted cruz announced saturday that he would lead the challenging block The group is calling for the formation of a commission to perform a 10-day audit of the results in a disputed state. Tennessee Senator Marsha Blackburn is one of the group challenging the results and tells Fox News that the move is about making sure that voters can be confident in the electoral system. There are ways for us to approach this. This is one of them. We should get answers to this. The American people should be able to trust 
in their electoral system, and the electoral college is a vital part of our process, and this will be the opportunity that we have to weigh in. This is USA Radio News. There's so much hand sanitizer on the market, but beware. Not all hand sanitizers are created equal. That's why you want to use 2020 Safe Hand Sanitizer. You can trust the hand sanitizer on 2020safe.net to be made with the highest quality ingredients. American made with American ingredients employing Americans. Log on now to 2020safe.net and order your one liter today. Normally $29.99, but reduced to $19.99. So hurry while supplies last and receive a bonus. That's right. You'll receive a 30-count bottle of Immune Booster, a $39.95 value, free, by using code GCN at checkout. Right now, click 2020safe.net. That's 2020safe.net to get our one-liter bottle of high-quality hand sanitizer with your free bonus. A 30-count bottle of Immune Booster, valued at $39.95. Remember to enter GCN at checkout. And the bonus is yours, free, 2020safe.net. Hi, this is James Fox. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Philip, point of order before we continue with regard to Betty and Barney Hill. There was an assumption made that, based on this star map or our feeling of the star map, that they came from... Zeta Reticuli, which is a binary star system. We don't know if it has any planets or not. You know, we're just making a good guess. So we're not certain of the origin of any of this. And even if E.T. said we're from whatever, Proxima Centauri, (laughs) who knows? I mean, they can say anything they want. Exactly. And this is the thing we found with a lot of research because the greys as i've said before do lie to the abductee you know putting images of world destruction i think really more than anything they're covering their tracks and they are wanting a emotional response or a stimulus uh, that they obviously are recording or or trying to replicate themselves or understand so the sinister side of sources deals with the cover-up and also of you know every single abductee that's had an experience does interpret the events slightly differently. But I believe that the greys themselves are intent in covering their tracks. And because at the end of the day, as I said previously, it's like chasing shadows. They're like ghost people. You know, one minute here, the next minute they're gone. I think that the process that they employ is that they bring us or our consciousness into their main frame of awareness. Going back to that, the source, the craft, whatever, may be that point of reference that they need. The greys never tell us uh, what their world is about or where they're from. Everything from their end is all very deceitful. So, and and more times than not, we find ourselves scratching our heads and banging our heads against the wall, trying to understand, you know, what exactly the greys are. But going back to the point in question, you know, we have to look at the reports and the experimentation, the mind scanning, the possible downloading of emotions of memories along with DNA. Um, So they're obviously harvesting us to a degree for something that they want and they want to replicate. And I like the idea also, and I've, I've been very open to it, about the mechanism or the machine side that wants this form of intelligence, or indeed, if it's a clone, the dangers of cloning. We don't yet 
yet know on an empirical level of conscious awareness whether or not if we do create clones, whether that clone has consciousness, <laughs> you know, and what will happen to that consciousness once it expires. So I think there's a larger picture here and, and very multi-complex because believe you me, I'm still trying to, you know, work out certain parts to this phenomena. It seems to lead me into the area, uh, uncomfortable area for many of of creation and conscious survival beyond this realm and also the dangers and inner dangers of cloning and the question surrounding that. We know and we are in agreement of one thing. The greys appear to be real and they're able to infiltrate our dimension of reality with relative ease. And what they do is very strange, very bizarre, and in most cases quite frightening. But we survived the journey, you see. We survived it. So whatever form or power or mindset is behind this, you know, many of us have survived the journey. Perhaps maybe that journey is to enlighten us into other areas that we can't see here in this life yet. Perhaps there is much more that will be discovered when our consciousness goes beyond this plane of physical reality, as it were. Well, okay, lots of <laughs> uh, well, lots of concepts there that we could we could delve into, and I think we'll go into those a little bit more in after the Paracast. While we're on the main show, I'd like to talk a little bit more about some of the things that are in your book and some of your other books that you've written as well. One more in this one that is very interesting: Chapter Eleven, Portals and Summoning a UFO. Oh, now, yes. these, yeah, now, these dimensional portals or, the, you know, is sometimes what they're called or a, a no, transit no, no. or, or what kind of portals are we talking about? Well, when I was investigating the Rendlesham UFO case, my brother and, and a good friend of mine, Susan, used to make regular trips to Rendlesham Forest. And we had performed an experiment on the 8th of June, 1998, at quarter past 10, a mind experiment, which proved something to me, at least on a personal level. We summoned a UFO. There were no aliens, unfortunately. It was the viewing of a magnificent, huge, triangular-shaped craft with a gap and a circular undercarriage, uh, rather like a diamond with a gap and a, uh, a carriage underneath that was moving in opposite directions to one another. And that proved to us that the phenomena seems to operate on a conscious level, i.e. that whatever this force or energy or power is, is able to connect or know what the individual is thinking. It was a mere sighting. It has been recorded and documented. Uh, that was on the 8th of June, 1998, and exactly at quarter past 10 at night, uh, under a, a clear night sky with the stars. And it was an episode that I will never forget, and I will always be grateful for. And you know, um, that was in my previous book, and I got the idea from the song from Karen Carpenter, calling occupants and i thought i wonder if we could do that and that was many years ago in another episode that i i wanted to explore calling occupants of interplanetary craft i think you know i i don't know it just came into my head many years ago and i thought let's try it because we were researching that area uh, in suffolk which is two hours drive away from where we are uh, you know to you guys it's just up the road um but it was fascinating and you know but portals of the mind what i mean by that is that uh, our brain is the receiver 
and uh, the transmitter. And we can, you know, if we really put our minds to it, excuse the pun, you know, I think that we're able to attract or draw these energies towards us. But I don't think that we're in control of it. That's the dangerous side to it. So that was the only time, the only time that we had performed that experiment. And amazingly, it seemed to work. But uh, you, know, you know, you know what our listeners are going to be thinking, though, and and it, I, I'm pretty sure I know the answer already because this is how it always goes. But so you had the idea that you'd be summoning UFOs. You went out and it happened. Where's the pictures? We took nothing. That's all been documented. The experiment was to be private. And people will roll their eyes and say, oh, I don't believe it. I don't care. And you know what? Shall I tell you something? It made very little publicity as well. I don't care. It was a personal experiment that was to work within the theoretical applications of what I was working on for the future projects. And it proved something to me. Now, that was all documented in Sky Crash throughout time, uh, which is out of print now. The publishers brought that out in 2000. And 13, I believe, and it had bad reviews because everyone wanted the original events of 1980. And I teamed up with Brenda Butler, who was another researcher and was the original author to the first book, Sky Crash, A Cosmic Conspiracy with Dot Street and Jenny Randall's Mac. Ooh, I think that was back in. Oh, I can't remember now. I think I've yeah. got that book, actually. Yeah. You know. So she she was the investigator and I teamed up with her. But the experiment we did we would take no recording equipment. And this is the thing. I wanted it to be a very personal experience. In fact, Susan and Ronald and I wanted that. I'm not interested in whether or not people believe me. It doesn't really bother me. I'm more interested in the research and the way forward with how consciousness works. And let me tell you, that worked. We were never able to replicate it again. It never happened again. It was on the 8th of June, 1998, at quarter past 10 at night, in the middle of Rendlesham Forest. And we've we, gone there many, many times. That's a whole different story. Um, but that was another event that we all remember. And uh, even today, Susan um, she's she's married now and she's moved away, but we still laugh about it. And, and I love it because, you know, people say, oh, that's impossible. And I sit there and laugh and say, well, no. But Neil Geddes Ward, an artist and author, a good friend of mine, he did a small documentary on YouTube about it. He had a computer analyst try to recreate the craft, although they did recreate it, but it didn't move. They did it moving. Let's do our break. One more segment. With Philip, and then he'll join us in After the Paracast with Gina Randall. You're in The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit 
theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. Silverlungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at Silverlungs.com. That's Silverlungs.com. What if you could cut your heating bills this winter with your existing wood-burning fireplace and not spend thousands doing it? You can with Great Wall of Fire Fireplace Grates. Our U.S. patented, made-in-America Wall of Fire Grates increase fireplace efficiency, eliminate fireplace smoke problems, and come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. See our grates in action and get free shipping from walloffire.com or call 800-274-7364. Fireplace heat without fireplace smoke. Walloffire.com. Tehebo Tea Club's original Pure Pau Arco Super Tea helps build the red corpuscles in the blood which carry oxygen to our organs and cells. Our organs and cells need oxygen to regenerate themselves. The immune system needs oxygen to develop and cancer dies in oxygen. So the tea is great for healthy people and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. A one-pound package of tea is $34.95 plus shipping. To order, please visit ShopSuperTea.com. That's Shop, S-H-O-P, Super, S-U-P-E-R-T-T-E-A dot com. So the complete website is ShopSuperTea.com or call us at 818-984-6100, Monday through Saturday, 9 to 5 California time. That's ShopSuperTea.com at 818-984-6100. The stress levels of Americans may be at an all-time high. From education to business to basic needs to politics, the 2020 pandemic-related stressors are pushing many of us to near breaking point. That's why you should consider the stress and pain-relieving products from sunny-bay.com. Like our lavender neck wraps and pads infused with premium Washington lavender buds. They relieve tension and relax with a soothing scent of lavender. And lifestyle expert Jennifer Bonner recommends products from Sunny Bay. Sunny Bay's hands-free neck wrap should be your go-to pain relief solution. Give gifts to family and friends that relieve stress and pain. Give love and care by giving the best. Give pillows, neck wraps, and body wraps from sunny-bay.com, a Biomed DB design company. Just click sunny-bay.com. That's sunny-bay.com. P. Warren, author of The Poor Man's Paranormal, and you're listening to The Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Just want to mention something here since we're into Rendlesham. John Burroughs, one of the people involved there, one of the witnesses, has come up with a new book. And I read a review of it, brief review from Nick Redfern in his blog. 
So I wrote to John, who's been on the show before several times. In fact, he was in our studio one time. And I said, okay, could you send us a PDF of the book like you did with yours? And we'll schedule an appearance. And he says, no, you got to buy it first. We want you to buy the book first before I'll consider coming on the show. Buy the book, read it, and then I can come on the show. But not until you buy it. It's like saying, okay, you are paying me to come on the show. Now, well, I'm not like that. Uh, no, I know. Most, like most aren't. I don't think we've ever had an author before on the Paracast, and we're nearing 15 years of the show, by the way, coming up in February of 2021. Ever had an author say, first, you buy my book. I'm not giving you a review copy. Then we can have me come on. Now, I don't know John Burroughs' situation. The world economic situation is bad. I don't want to begrudge him making a few bucks off a book. Might still buy it anyway. It just kind of left me with a bit of a sour taste. I understand, Gene. But, you know, the one man that I do love very much and, and have a lot of respect for is Jim Penniston. He's written a book called The Rendlesham Enigma. That is a fascinating document. Well, it's a huge book. And I've also met the esteemed Colonel Charles Holt as well. He's a good man. He's as sharp as a knife, I can tell you. But with Rendlesham, there are a lot of contradictions. And I believe that the phenomena operates on this principle of high strangeness, because we're all trying to fit it into one box and it won't fit. But Jim Penniston, um, his book is absolutely incredible. I think that he's a fantastic guy. And the same with uh, Colonel Charles Holt. So I've had nothing to do with John Burroughs. I, I don't know the man at, at all, I'm afraid. When I wrote Sky Crash Throughout Time, and I co-authored it with Brenda Butler, it was quite incredible. They were good days. And some of the most strangest things that occurred there that have been recorded and did actually happen. And, you know, it's, it's almost, again, like the idea that you have to prove yourself or bring something to the table. Well, even if you did, if you brought a piece of the Roswell material in front of someone and said that's part of the ship, they'll say, oh, don't believe it. Whatever you do, you will never, ever, ever. I'm not there to twist anyone's arm. In fact, it's more personal, but I am more than willing to share, like other researchers, their material and bring everything to the table. Let's discuss this. Let's be honest and open about all of this. Let's try and fathom this out, even though it's high strangeness. But you will invariably get some researchers and authors who you're not allowed to cross into their territory or, you know, as I say, we on their patch of grass. Uh, you, you, uh, <laughs> doesn't that just drive you crazy? Once upon a time, I was this younger, idealistic person and thought, you know, if everyone in ufology, we all want to know the truth. Yeah. Why don't we all just get together and work together and try and figure this out? And, and I created a, a society called the Ufology Society International. To this day, we still have something like 2,200 members in 22 countries. Wow. Then I started running into exactly that territoriality. Yeah. It, it's like one great big convention center where everybody's got their own little table with their own little world and don't try to rock that boat because if you do, you're going to get heavy resistance. I think it's come actually quite a long ways since then to the extent that despite the fact that everyone has their own little piece of territory, we're all <laughs> starting to, to figure out the same thing. 
Yes, that's right. And it's wonderful. And I think, you know, we're all coming full circle to an understanding or a richer understanding that's changed and morphed over the decades. And I think that's interesting because we have come away from the stagnatory physical nuts and bolts view of it. There's also, as I said before, two aspects aspects to the phenomena. One is physical and one appears to operate on a very deep and meaningful conscious level of awareness uh, that we interpret the way that we do. And it's that interpretation which is confusing sometimes for all of us to understand. But I think we're making some headway with this in small ways. So it's always good to talk. However crazy you sound, however honest you come across, you'll always get people who will raise their hand and say, you are wrong or you you are deluded. And I just yeah, raise an eyebrow. That, that is just not constructive, is it, though? But mind you, not all skeptics are like that. We just had Benjamin Radford on. And he's what uh, you know we like to call the friendly skeptic. And he is one of those people who will listen and sift it and interpret it through his frame of reference into something that can be talked about in a positive way. And so we were really glad to have him on the show last week. But when you get people like you just said, who just go, well, you're just wrong and I don't care what you say. I mean, it's fine. Tell me I'm wrong. But then what I'm going to say is, okay, so show me how I'm wrong because I don't want to be living under this delusion or misguided notion that this is the way things are. So please explain it. Then if they just roll their eyes and walk away or whatever, then, well, you know, that's not constructive. It doesn't get anybody any further ahead. As I said, I have a lot of research friends and explorers and authors, and I like to think that all of us were all connected to some level. And I love healthy debates, and I love healthy arguments. I think it's wonderful, you know, a lighthearted manner as well, because we do have a laugh about it sometimes. Yeah. I remember watching one program once where I saw this documentary, and it was on a primetime TV many years ago, and it was about UFOs. And I was really shocked to see this lady standing there and she was saying well you know the greys took me to the moon and we were dancing and <laughs> laughing and having a great time and i can tell mm-hmm. you i've rolled my eyes and yeah, i thought you know oh. that was their experience who's to say that yeah. they didn't have it now just before we go here i do want to tell our listeners that you do have several other books introducing ufos a young person's guide i think that's really interesting you've been out there and influencing younger people to get involved and learn about the subject so that's really good you've got some fiction as well here the rock bottom twins Well, my brother and I wanted to aspire to be famous children's authors, not ufologists or people looking into the afterlife. But the Rock Bottom Twins are based on two cranky, wild, eccentric twin brothers who build robots that turn on them. They're illustrated because we both illustrated them. My brother's an illustrator and he does more of it than I do. But the novels were funny. There was a spin-off with them and they're out of print now. So we've reprinted them through Amazon because the publishers print only so many and then they they don't print anymore. And um, of course, uh, Guardians of the Dead, which is a new book that I brought out along with You, The Public Deceived, The Grand UFO Deception, and also A Passage Through Eternity, The Enigma of the Dead, UFOs and Aliens. So they're all available on Amazon. Amazon, yeah. Philip, do you have a website we can go to? I'm afraid not. Not at the moment. I'm making a new one at the moment, so the the old one's gone. When you do these things, they sort of take themselves away from you, 
and develop yeah. a life of their own, which I learned back in 1999 when I set up a website, and I'm still trying to finish it. And it's up there. Yeah. We know the powercast.com and everything. Philip, thank you very much. He's going to be back, by the way, on After the Paracast because we've got so much more to talk about. You can find us on Twitter. Look for the Paracast. Take a gander at Facebook if you're into that. We also have branded merchandise. Go to the Paracast.shop. That's the Paracast.shop. Once again, the Paracast.shop. Four different logos, T-shirts, all the good stuff. High-quality merchandise. Go to the Paracast.shop. And then there is the Paracast Plus. The Paracast Plus features a version of this show free of the network ads, the news blocks, everything else with enhanced audio. We also offer the After the Paracast podcast where we continue interviews with our guests because we rope them in for more like we've done here with Philip Kinsella this time. And then we sometimes just have special discussions. You never know what to expect on After the Paracast. And if you subscribe to Five Years or a Lifetime, we're offering, while supplies last, a coupon code free for a download of The Phenomenon, the James Fox UFO documentary that's getting such great reviews. To learn more about the Paracast Plus and to quickly sign up, go to theparacast.plus, theparacast.plus. Philip Kinsella, thank you for joining us on the Paracast. Thank you very much, Gene, and also, Randall, I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. It's been great. Gene Steinberg is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast.